It's not about politics, it's about football. This is a simple game. We're gonna run the ball, then we're gonna pass the ball. He's just gonna play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get it and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to It's Just Football. Trevor Sikama, Mike Renner here with you on a mock draft Wednesday, baby. <laughs> it is draft day in the building. I'm so excited for this episode. We've kind of... The, these mini mock drafts before where it's like, all right, we're doing a little top five, stretching this is some top ten. We're going top 20. We're doing yeah. more than half of the first round. Mike, soon it's going to be full first round stuff. But I'm excited for today, man. I know this is your bread and butter. You've been up late watching the tape for weeks now. Haven't even slept yeah. preparing for this very episode. But how you feeling? I'm, I'm already going back and watching previous year's tape, like guys from before, to see comps for guys who are in this year's draft to see like you know who they really remind me of to kind of get a handle on where they fall in the annals of prospects in NFL history I just heard the uh somewhat resemblance of the fart noise that everybody oh, said no is it that my it was, mic again <laughs> I think it is your mic again I'm just letting you know at the top of the show just because I don't want I don't want Rude. people calling you out I don't want people calling you out again because you said it wasn't a fart last time. I believed you because I'm sitting right next to you. I kind of heard it too this time. Though. But, you know, like it was a little bit there. So I'm just, I'm just warning you guys. Because the chat, we know everybody watching the show. There's going to be a lot of people watching the Mock Draft show. Don't want them to jump to any conclusions. What's up to everybody who's watching the show, wherever you are watching from. Appreciate you tuning in. It's going to be a very fun episode as we are going through the top 20. As it stands today, the draft order, we're going to go through a lot of the teams that are sitting in the top 20. And as we go through this Mock Draft, it's going to be a good exercise for us to talk about these teams, where they are in the season, whether we think they're going to end up in the top 20, shoot, top 10, top 5, wherever they're currently sitting. We'll talk about some team needs that they have, so give you our overall thoughts of a lot of these teams outside of even just the players that we think would really fit them well. Shout out to Brock, our, chop, our uh, chat champ from yesterday, who hopefully is in the chat. I haven't seen him yet, but uh, he needs to get in here because he needs to represent the chat. Tell us if he likes the mock draft picks or not. That's basically what the whole show is going to be about, but we're also going to have some fun at the end of the show. Uh, we're going to be bringing back the what's on screen segment uh, that you guys love where Mike and I stand in front of the green screen. One of us tries to shout out hints as to what is behind them. Can't be using uh, common or pro not, not common nouns, proper nouns or anything specific. Although I will say, when we've played this game in the past, people have called us out like when, uh, when Kyler Murray was up there and I said Call of Duty. Somebody was like, Call, Call of Duty is a proper noun. So we need to be on that a little bit more. We'll be a little bit more strict with, uh, with, with what we're doing here. But, uh, yeah. Is that technically a proper noun? I think it it's is. It's three words. Yeah, but it's a title, right? It, it turns into a title when you say it like that. But it, none of those words are in and of itself proper nouns. I don't know. I'm not sure how that works. Maybe you just take a long, I'm not a grammar major. I'm a football major. Maybe you just take a long pause in between all of them. And then they're not. Yeah. They're not, you know, they're not proper nouns. Then they're, then they're just regular words. Uh, trying to get the production portal guys into the show. Quinn, are you still decked out in Bengals gear? I haven't even seen it. Okay, no, no, no. No, We're no, Bengals, no, no Bengals, Bengals gear, gear today. Whatsoever. Now, see, now you went too far in the opposite direction. You were wearing three things of Bengals gear yesterday. Now it's none. We need to find the happy medium. We need, like, one every day. This is like a University of Cincinnati bar. So you're so still, it is so like you're still repping local. Theme, sort of. So you're still repping local. Okay, I can, I, I, I can deal with that. We're, we're good there. You're repping Cincinnati. Do you have a question of the day to kick us off here on the show? We do, yeah. So big weekend for the AFC East. Um, Jets play the Patriots. Bills are playing the Browns in Antarctica, apparently. 
Oh, yeah, it's going to be awful, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think, I, I don't know if this is true, but when I was looking up stuff for this question of the day, I saw a couple articles that said there's a chance the game could get canceled. It's going to be that bad. Wow. I, I don't, I mean. When was the last time a game, like, got canceled? No, I don't think a game's got canceled, canceled, but when was the last time a game got, like, moved for weather reasons. Didn't Hurricane. Buffalo have like eight feet of snow like three or four years ago? Yeah, but didn't remember, they Because I remember people were like opening their garage doors, you'd see videos, and then like they're like you just couldn't get out. I do remember I do remember snow. this, but didn't they play in that game? Like I remember like the, the LaShawn McCoy just going crazy in the snow, or was that? I don't remember who that was against. Um, I think that was in Philly though, wasn't that? Oh it yeah, was that Chicago. Been, that it was might have Chicago. Been um, when he was with the Eagles. I know they moved when the Metrodome collapsed. That's like the last one I can think of oh, that yeah, actually had the whole hurricane games there have been okay. a couple of okay. uh, i think buccaneers games or miami dolphins games that they've had to move because of hurricanes but yep. snow like just straight up like it's snowing too, too much. much i don't know when the last time that we've had that one okay anyway sorry that that probably wasn't yeah, that the was not the question of the day that was just an honest question okay all right, all right um the question of the day is how many division titles would the bills need to win in a row in order to surpass the new england patriots consecutive division title streak They probably had. I think they win the So the last one they didn't. They didn't win 08. Right. 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 It was. It was 08 or 09. It was whatever the year that they ended up getting in for the wild card. That was. Well, they didn't even make the playoffs that year. Did they not? No, they didn't even make the playoffs in no 08. They won 11 wins, and didn't make the playoffs. Right. Um, it was like the last 11 win team not to make the playoffs. And then I thought they got in. So from 09 probably to 19. So probably 11. So then the Bills would need what? Eight more? Yeah, I was I was gonna guess ten. <laughs> There's some high guesses already in the chat. Yeah. Daniel says sixteen. Nathan says sixteen. Chris says eighteen. Matthew's got seven. DT Dynasty's got eleven. Shout out the Sacramento Kings. You wanted me to shout out the Sacramento Kings. Hopeful Lions fan says nine. Jared says thirty-two. Don't think it's thirty-two, but um, I mean. It, Brady and Belichick, never count him out. Ren says nine. I, yeah, I think I'm going like nine or ten. I'm going eight. You're going eight? Eight. I don't think, I, I think I'm going to go ten then. I think I'm going to go ten. We don't or, have no, to. No, I guess it. it would be nine because they, they haven't won this year. So it would be nine. I'm going to do it. We don't have to give our final answers until the end of the show. Actually, Christopher's changed his answer to a million. No, wait, he changed it to a billion. No, now he's saying a trillion. Wow. Okay, it's a lot. Right, I'm sticking with nine. Final answer. No, you don't need okay, to be final okay, answer. No, okay, no, okay. Sort of the final answer. The final answer before the final answer mm -hmm. is kind of where we are now. I'm probably going to be around that same uh, same thing. I was either going to guess nine or ten, but I think it's a good question. Definitely a good question. How, how do you feel about extremely cold weather sporting events? I hate it. I used to, I mean, I, growing up, I used to play fall baseball. And okay. baseball, when it was like 30 degrees, was as miserable as it gets. Um, you just you hit even you you have to hit stinks. dead center of the boring. barrel to not feel to be able to feel your hands after you hit it, um, and, and then obviously soccer we play in pretty bitter cold out into the fall um, that was rough, um, but I'm not a fan. I, I don't think it it ruins it, it it ruins a aspect of the sport which is like the precision nature mm -hmm. to why the NFL is so great, which is like guys playing at the highest level. It kind of takes that away from it. Sure, it makes it more of this. 
luck of the draw. So I grew up in Florida, so I never, re- I never like had like a snow game anything. Mm-hmm. But there were a couple of games where it did get decently cold in Florida. We're talking like if we were playing a game in the 30s or something like that. I used to play soccer. Soccer was fine for me because you're running around the whole yeah. time. And there's contact in soccer, but it's not a ton. Playing football in the snow, I'm not going to lie, sounds miserable. Just like full contact every time. It's like you have to have a mentality that you're just like, all right, my entire body is numb going into this game. I don't care about anything that's about to happen for the next three hours. It feels miserable. It sounds miserable. Mm -hmm. And the crazy trench players who don't wear sleeves during snow games, they need to be tested. Their bodies need to be tested. Their minds need to be tested. There's something to planet. that, though. It is mind over matter. Like you're gonna be cold. I know. I just I sleeves. can never. I could never. So it get is there. a, a lot of it is mental there. to that degree. I'm more saying when the elements start to come in, when you get a little snow on the ground, you really can't play the same way that you do when it is just you know ideal weather. I knew people would get on me for calling anything in Florida cold. James saying playing soccer in Florida, yeah, quote-unquote cold, sure, Trevor. Listen, this is my upbringing. This is where I was from. Warm weather is better than cold weather. I don't know what to tell you, people. Yeah, it's, I don't know what to tell you. There's, there's no shame in it. There's, there's actually There's a reason why when people get older, they move further down in the country. No, go up. I'm not trying to play in these snow games anymore. All right, anyways, let's get to the mock draft. This is obviously what we have been promoing the entire week, what we've been promoing the entire day here on the show. To start things off, Mike, I, f- I figure we should just read off the draft order. And you Let's can see it. this over at tankathon.com. They update the draft order um, every single week. They'll show you team's record. They'll show you strength to schedule. They'll show you, show you all that kinds of stuff. So this is our point of reference. You got the Houston Texans picking at number one overall, Las Vegas Raiders at number two. Carolina Panthers at three. Eagles at four. Shout out to the New Orleans Saints for that. Jacksonville Jaguars at five. You got the Bears sitting at six. Seattle's at seven. Detroit's at eight. Houston's at nine. Those three picks were traded as well. We got four picks in the top ten, Mike. Insanity. That are not original picks. It's wild. Steelers at 10. Lions at 11 once again. Falcons at 12. Cardinals 13. Packers 14. Colts sitting there at 15. Making the big trade or making the big switch at head coach, and it's not getting them any higher in the draft order. Commanders at 16. Chargers 17. Bengals 18. Buccaneers 19. And the Denver Broncos, another traded pick, sitting there at number 20. Any one of those teams just, like, really stand out to you? Actually, now that I'm looking at the order. Well, the one I keep going back to is the Colts because they need a quarterback, right? Like, they, they've been living in this quarterback purgatory for a while. And I think they're in luck. It could be a very strong quarterback class. There could be a number of guys there that are options for them, even if they aren't drafting, you know, top five. But realistically... They need to start losing some games. <laughs> in the best long-term interest of their franchise, it would behoove them to not win any more games this season because the rest of the team is, you know, the rest of the team is close, I'll say. Like, they're, they're not too many pieces away, and they have the cap space and the flexibility to get there. It just comes back to what it's come back to since Andrew Luck retired. The quarterback position yeah. not being good enough. Right. Take a swing at that position, see what happens my take. The The – Top thing for me is when you look at the draft order today, as opposed to what it was last week, you got two teams in the Steelers sitting at number 10, Detroit Lions sitting at number 11. Those teams were picking, I think, both in the top five last week, and they get a win. Every win is pivotal towards the draft order because there are nine teams right now that have three wins. Some of them have six losses, some of them have seven just because of when their bye weeks were, but there's a lot of teams that are sitting there between picks number four and picks number 12 that uh, you win a game could be dire 
for your draft position. We are still early, right, though? We, no, we are we're still not. just no, over not. halfway tank. through this season. All of so. them. Tank. Just, just something to keep in mind. Every team outside of like five <laughs> teams in the NFL that just true, lose though. every game. That is true for can. some of these. No, obviously, I'm, I'm um, mostly trolling there, but not entirely. All right, Mike, I will give you the honors. Oh. And I will let you pick number one overall here in this brand new live 2023 NFL mock draft with the Houston Texans. Well, then I'm taking Bryce Young. Okay. I don't care who you're taking, who you are at number one overall, you're taking Bryce Young. And I had an article at PFF.com come out today saying some of the best prospect to team fits in the draft. And Bryce Young to the Texans just feels correct to me. It just feels like a culture changer at the quarterback position that they need. And somewhat ironically, uh, and maybe this is unfair to him, but like his game compares a lot to, in my opinion, just watching my tape, to Deshaun Watson. Like the creativity, the ability to kind of manipulate tight pockets, escapability that you can't coach at that position. And now he obviously doesn't have the size that Deshaun Watson does or the off-field issues that Deshaun Watson does. So Bryce Young, though, that's the guy you get, you get in place and then you build around him and feel very confident in doing so. You, you don't. He's not the kind of guy who needs a perfect situation, in my opinion, right. to succeed. Like right. some of the Alabama quarterbacks maybe we've seen in recent years uh, or some of like the Ohio State quarterbacks we've seen in recent years that maybe have struggled out the gate. I don't think we're going to see that with Bryce Young. Yeah, I think that, that that's what Bryce boasts the most is that you look at two completely different situations. Sherry won the Heisman Trophy last year, and he's putting up crazy numbers, and Alabama was going to the national championship win the SEC title over the that, that Georgia defense. And it was because I think his supporting cast was a lot better. The offensive line was a lot better. The run game was playing better. He had better playmakers in the passing game. All that stuff was there for him. This year, it's a lot more just him. But even though the team isn't necessarily going to play for a national championship this year, Bryce has still been unbelievable. I keep going back to that Tennessee game. Just getting popped in the mouth every single throw, and yet exactly where it needs to go. Well, I keep going back to the Georgia game from last year, SEC championship game. Because that's an NFL defense. Sure. You, you know, no, that yeah. truly was as close a thing as you'll see in college football to an NFL defense. And the way he shredded them, unlike any other quarterback, even came close to. Like, no one had even a above-average day against him. And he had an elite grade in that game against Georgia. What he did in that game, that's, that's Sundays. You, you know, that's what it's going to be like when you get to the NFL. Those are the windows you're going to have to hit. And Bryce Young did that. It reminded me a lot of, you know, to go back to Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson against Alabama, way back in the national championship game, what he put on. Basically just a performance that should not have happened with the talent he had around him. That, to me, is Bryce Young. Everybody in the chat is going to be talking about the height, right? How oh, yeah. Is. I mean. 5'10", 11? I think he's going to be 5'10". I think yeah. he's going to be 5'10". That's what I, what I think. I, how much does that go into it? I mean, like, it has to go into it a little bit. Yeah. He's going to have to play a different game than your 6'4", Josh Allen type quarterback. You're just going to have to. You're going to have to call some different stuff. You can't have him be doing you know zero-step gun quick game all day, all day long or else he's going to get 1,000 passes batted down. So you're just going to have to alter your playbook to a degree to fit him. But compared to the other six-foot-and-under quarterbacks we've seen, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, the guys who have gone highly in the draft, he works the middle of the field so much better than those guys. Yeah. It is not even close, in my yep. opinion. He manipulates linebackers still. He can still work that area of the field, which is that's where you worry about. That's where Russell Wilson, even at the NFL level, struggles because you can't see. You don't have the same planage 
over your offensive line and over the linebackers that a taller quarterback does. Yep. All right. Uh, number two, the Las Vegas Raiders picking at number two. Look, if the Raiders are, are selecting number two overall in the draft, if this is where their final position would be, uh, Derek Carr is not going to be the quarterback of this team next year. And Josh McDaniels might not even be the head coach of this team if they're picking number two overall. But I do think that they would take C.J. Stroud in this situation. You know, I think that Stroud's going to be on their radar no matter where they finish. But certainly if you're in the top three, if you're picking number two overall, you're going to have this opportunity to pick C.J. Stroud. And I think that they're going to have to take it. When you look at Derek Carr's current contract situation, he's not a free agent until 2026. Okay, so he's got a lot of time left on his current contract. However, the cap number goes up to $34 million this next offseason. And if they cut him, it's only $5 million in dead cap. So it's not like they're really on the hook for that much money if they, if they want to move on from him. If they are picking this high, I think you absolutely have to. That means that the quarterback position is broken, and that means that you've got to make a big-time change. So I, when I look at C.J. Stroud, he was somebody who you mentioned that Ohio State quarterbacks tend to be a little bit more product of their system. But when I watch C.J. Stroud, there is so much that I like about him. I feel like he is confident in the pocket and within structure. I think that he has a good arm. I like the mechanics. There's a lot of... Um, synchronized movements all the way from his feet up to his shoulders and it just looks so smooth everything is so there I feel like the base is wide the base is great he stays light on his feet he can navigate around the pocket he's not this scrambler kind of dual threat quarterback but when he is in the pocket I think that he can navigate it well I think he has plenty of mobility there and I think that it's because of his fundamentals it's because I think that he is learn to become someone who is always on his toes and that wasn't always the case that was actually a knock that I had of him going back to early last year but I think he has improved a lot as a quarterback I think that he has uh, really improved his technique he is a technically and fundamentally sound quarterback who I think has a really nice arm and I think he's going to be a really good pro in the NFL as well wouldn't be taking him over Bryce Young but I do think that this is a good quarterback prospect I, I agree I, I don't think he's the toolsiest of prospects, but he is extremely accurate and he's extremely fundamental at the quarterback position, which that's a good base to build on. Yeah, it's not going to look as nice. Obviously, not a lot of situations are as nice as what he's working with at Ohio State, but he's got kind of the ability to overcome it in a number of different ways, even if it's not just with pure arm talent, with pure physical tools. Man, people just don't like Ohio State QBs. They did in the chat. He's got Mike, Ohio State QBs, bus, Dominique, yeah. Ohio State QBs, thumbs down. Well, I, he's not my QB, too, I will say. Oh, okay. All right. Nice little segue, I think, into to who you might be taking at number pick. three. The Carolina okay. Panthers. Yep. It's Will Levis. Piss the chat off, baby. Give us the engagement again. And this was a guy that he's played, so the past month, uh, I believe the Tennessee game in there, the Vandy game in there, the ones that people keep going back to. He's been playing with turf toe, to just give him a little caveat. You'll go back to his tape early in the season. They haven't used him as a runner because of that. He is very athletic. He is going to be a value add in the run game, being able to scramble, make plays outside the pocket, that sort of thing. And I know he has had back-to-back -back games with sub-50% completion percentage and under 100 passing yards. Oh, wait, no, that was Josh Allen coming out. Mm -hmm. He has a very similar sort of profile in that he is not, no matter how well he played this season, going to be able to overcome the situation there at Kentucky. One of the worst offensive lines I've seen in college football this not year. Great. And one of the worst receiving cores, at least in the SEC, that I've seen not this year. Great. And they're trying to shoehorn in this NFL offense to the collegiate level that is just not built to score points through the air. It is built to kind of... Score points in the NFL where the game is much different. And so that may help prepare him 
for the next level, but he is going to get the same criticisms that Josh Allen got, that Daniel Jones got, that a lot of these guys who didn't put up good numbers at the, NFL, at the collegiate level got, but it's because he's in a situation that never going to be conducive to putting up good numbers at collegiate level. So you just cannot grade him on that same curve of statistically. You have to go look, throw by throw, decision by decision, and say, is this what was in his best sort of interest? Or was this the best play he could have made there? And a lot of times, even though there's sacks on his tape, even though there's throwaways on his tape, those were the best plays that could have been made for Will Levis. So I, I do keep going back to the physical ability. He has a flamethrower. He is one hell of an athlete, and he makes plays from the pocket under pressure consistently, something that, to me, is kind of the yes or no at the collegiate level. If you're unable to do that, I just don't think you're going to be able to do it at the NFL level. Will Levis already has that in him. There we go. All right. Carolina Panthers. All right. You stated the case. Yeah. Proud of you. Thank you. I knew that, I knew that the fire was going to come. I knew the chat wasn't going to be happy about it. Carolina, look, just because you never want to get in the situation where you say to yourself, oh, we have to pick this player in the first round. Like, we have to pick this position in the first round no matter what, no matter who's on the board. You never want to be in that situation. But, man, like, Carolina is in a tough situation right now if they're not picking quarterbacks. So, they cert- I don't know if Carolina is going to believe that Will Levis is worth the number three overall pick, but they certainly hope he is, yeah. you know, when they go through the evaluation of him, the deep dive into his tape, when they interview him, when they get him in for a visit, which I'm sure is all going to happen because Carolina is going to do this with every single QB. I bet that they are hoping and praying that he is exactly what they want him to be and a player that they can, that they can absolutely Investing. Well, we were talking right before the show. You know, yeah. you were talking about you watching Josh Allen tape and how bad it was at Wyoming. This yeah. guy goes number six overall. Now it was because it was an arm talent that it felt like people just couldn't pass on. But still, six overall for a player who had the tape of Josh Allen. Outside of that confidence, though, you but said yeah, that's the why one drafted. thing that really stood out on his tape was he would sit in the pocket. He would t- t- try to take downfield throws with guys hanging all over him, guys in his face. He would still kind of had that unconscious ability that he was still going to make plays from the pocket that, again, goes back to something that I don't think you can coach that Will Levis has also shown. All right. Number four overall. This is the the most fun pick in the draft right now. It's the Philadelphia Eagles sitting here at number four overall, thanks to New Orleans Saints trading them their 2023 pick when the Saints were kind of jumbling all around, getting two first-round picks to end up getting Chris Olave and Trevor Penning last year. The uh, price for it is now they don't have a pick in the top five. Eagles are in an advantageous situation because picking at number four here, they not only have an embarrassment of riches of Will Anderson is on the board, Jalen Carter is on the board, whoever else they might want, maybe – a playmaker, something, whoever you think you would be worthy of number four overall, they have everybody other than a QB, which we know that they're not going to take. They also have the ability to trade down. And if Philly ends up with, let's just say, like, number two or number three, yeah. right? If Philly ends up with one of those picks. Don't think they will. I don't with think they will. But, yeah. But, dude, the trade back, mm-hmm. the riches that Howie Roseman could get again yeah. in a trade back. You're sitting in a scenario where if Philly's picking at number two overall, you look at a team like the Detroit Lions. Right now they got what? Two picks in the top 11? All of a sudden, Philly calls them up and be like, hey, you want to get a quarterback at number two? Give me nine and give me 11. Give me both those picks. Now all of a sudden, Philly's picking at the back end right around number 10. This football team is just going to continue to get great. Here, we're not going to do trades in this mock draft, though. I'm going to have them at number four. And between Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, I'm going to go Jalen Carter. 
I'm actually going to pick Jalen Carter instead of Will Anderson. I know they would absolutely love Will Anderson as well. He would definitely help out the edge rush presence there in Philadelphia. But I like what Josh Sweat's doing. He's kind of coming along. And when you look at their interior defensive line, Javon Hargrave, who's having a really great year, he's going to cost a pretty penny if they want to keep him. He's a free agent this upcoming offseason. Fletcher Cox is as well after signing a one-year deal. Yeah, they have Jordan Davis. They have Milton Williams. But the temptation to unite once again Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter in the NFL is too great. What Jalen Carter has been able to do this year has been unblockable at this time, at, at, at times. Not just from single blocks on the interior, not just from double team blocks, but sometimes triple. Sometimes the center and the, and the guard are looking at him, and so is the running back right behind him because he knows he's going to get through. This dude's an absolute freak of nature. He's one of the best. He's one of the most athletic interior defensive linemen I've, I've ever seen at the college level coming out. So he's going to get, I think, an extremely high grade from me. For fun, I'll have the Eagles taking him here at number four. I, I will say this. This isn't crazy at all. The Will Anderson versus Jalen Carter debate, it, to me, it, it's closer than the Nick Bosa, Quinn Williams debate a few years back in terms of what these guys bring to the table at the NFL level. Because Jalen Carter, you know, Quinn Williams, very athletic interior defensive tackle. He, he wasn't necessarily the most powerful, and you really had only seen it for one year at Alabama. Jalen Carter, multiple years, strong as hell. This guy is going to be to me a day one impact player at defensive tackle which is rare to say you, you don't have a lot of He's those gonna be but that's what man. his tape looks like this year at georgia so to me it's close obviously with the eagles and, and their embarrassment of riches along the defensive line it's a good sort of problem to have to be, being able to pick between those two i think if they do have the opportunity to pick one of those two guys they're not trading back they are going to take one of those two guys i, I do think with brandon graham getting up there in edge i'd probably an age, mm-hmm. I'd probably lean edge just for them. But I don't think we've seen a team really load up on interior playmakers the way the Eagles could if they have Hargrave, if they have Jordan Davis, if they have Jalen Carter, and just see what that could be. <laughs> see what see what that problems that presents. Right. Because there's no uh, you know, there's no real doubling. There's no chipping a defensive tackle. Right. There's only there's no real recourse. You can slide to an Aaron Donald, but what if you have two Aaron Donalds? You know, what if you have two guys at that level? No one's really had that in a while that I can think of in the NFL. Uh, we'll we'll go on to your next pick after I say this. You know, I, for as good as I think Will Anderson is, and he is he is a very good edge player. Mm-hmm. How many interior defensive linemen play like Jalen Carter? Few. Very, very few. And I know that Will Anderson is also very good. I think I'd be taking Jalen Carter, especially as, you know, as it stands today. All right, who you got at number five? Jacksonville at number five. You just got to go Will Anderson here. There's two, there's two guys that are that level of prospects, in my opinion, in this class, and they're Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. That it's like, I don't care if I have, you know, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. I don't care what my edge group looks like. And obviously the Jaguars have a pretty darn deep edge group at this point. Last year's number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen. I'm still adding a Will Anderson to the mix. He's that versatile. If you want to play him a little off ball, you could probably do that as well in that defense. Yeah, he's just too good to say, I'm too deep at edge. Let me go a different position. Let me go wide receiver to help Trevor Lawrence. No, you take Will Anderson. Is that a log jam at all? I don't know. It, it, it can't be, right? D-line, it's, though. You just figure it yeah, out. Trayvon Walker played interior at Georgia. He did. Put him as your, you know, three technique, and I don't think you have a problem whatsoever on your hands. Mm. Yeah. All right. I mean, that'd be a sick defensive line. Yes. That's that's some, madness, that's, the, that's some Madden stuff that I would do, just yeah. like drafting as many good defensive linemen and kind of 
figuring out where you're going to play them, where they can be most advantageous. Trayvon Walker's, you know, it feels like a size, speed, strength mismatch no matter where you're playing them. So it's just very interesting. I think a lot of people are penciling in maybe a Jalen Carter for the um, Jacksonville Jaguars when they do mock drafts. But if he's gone, I was curious where you were going to go. You're right. You can't pass on Will Anderson there. Chicago Bears up now at number six. <sighs> Would love to go playmaker for them. But I, I, I don't think a wide receiver or a playmaker in this class on offense is worthy of number six overall. I'm going to stick in the trenches. Though the trenches have looked better recently, I'm going to go with Peter Skaronsky, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. And the reason why I'm going with Skaronsky is, one, he, I think, addressed a lot of concerns that I was going to have about him going into the season. I wondered if he was athletic enough to play on uh, tackle, to have consecutive good seasons with him playing tackle. And he has, man. He just looks so steady. He looks so calm. He looks so poised. Everything, man. You see the pass blocking grade? That is, that is an absolute elite grade. Okay, no, he's not a mauler in the run game. But the Bears have that already, right? The Bears are looking for a guy to really get in there and be a fantastic pass blocker for them. So I think people have talked about Skaronsky is does he have the length to be able to play a tackle? I think he'll be fine at tackle in the NFL. But if you want him to play a guard a little bit, he could play that as well, depending on how you get your quote-unquote best five offensive linemen out there. And I think for the Chicago Bears specifically, getting Skaronsky and letting him be their best pass blocker at one of those tackle spots, to me that makes the most sense. So for the Bears at number six, I'll go Peter Skaronsky as the first O-lineman off the board. Yeah, cannot. I can't have that pick whatsoever. There's going to be in a position probably Chicago Bears where either a wide receiver or an offensive tackle makes sense. Skaronsky very much in that mold. It's number seven, Seattle Seahawks obviously getting this via the Denver Broncos in what looks like one of the trades of the century for them. I got to go Keely Ringo here. I got to go Ooh, the George cornerback. Okay. All right. The way the board's shaking out, maybe I don't see him as this slam dunk top 10 cornerback prospect that I saw Stingley and Sauce and to some degree McDuffie a year ago. But man, in that defense, across from one Tariq Woolen. Mm-hmm. That's a scary thought. You have a six foot four, two hundred five pound corner in Tariq Woolen. You have a six foot two, two hundred ten to two hundred fifteen. I don't know. Ringo may even be bigger than that. On tape, he looks like a linebacker outside for Georgia this year. And what he's doing, that both run in the four twos. Keely Ringo can absolutely fly at that size. That's just a difficult cornerback group to go up against physically. I don't care who you are if they bring that guy in the fold. So yeah, I, I, you're probably not getting him with your second pick. So, if I'm the Seattle Seahawks, that's the guy I'm circling in red in this year's draft, Keely Ringo. I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I kind of like you were saying, not sure if I think that Keely Ringo is like a top 10 overall guy, but for Seattle, I think the fit definitely makes a lot of sense. And Ringo at least has the athleticism, right? You're not over here questioning whether or not he can hang as a corner at the NFL level. I think the rest of the stuff, the confidence, um, and just the, the, the reliability is going to be there for him over the years. So I, I, I don't think that he's a slam dunk top 10 overall pick, but for Seattle, I do, I do like the fit there. I, I can't hate on that. Mm-hmm. We've got the Detroit Lions up next at number eight. A lot of people love Jalen Carter going to them, but obviously Jalen Carter long gone in this mock. 
I am going to stick with interior defensive line, though, because I like that idea so much. I I'm going to go with Brian Brzee, the freak of a defensive tackle from Clemson. This dude's a former number one overall recruit in the country for a reason. It's because his athleticism is off the charts. Six foot five, 305, 310 pounds, and this dude can explode from the three-tech position. They've already got Aleem McNeil, who I like Aleem McNeil as a nose tackle, right? If you let him be a zero, a one, some sort of nose, I think that's where his position is best. He can give you a little bit of plus movement because I think he's a uh, uh, he's got some short area quickness to him there as well, but I like him as a nose. Let Brian Brzee just be a three-tech penetrating defensive tackle right there. I think that that makes the most sense. Hopefully they get Levi Muzarike back from that back injury that he's been, uh, that's kind of kept him off the field. They obviously have Aiden Hutchinson as well. They've got, they've got Josh Pascoe, and all of a sudden that becomes a really nice young defensive line that I think in a couple years could be one of the strongest in the NFL if all of those guys continue to progress, but they need Brzee in the middle. They need mm -hmm. that interior penetration. I was watching the Wake Forest game, actually, earlier this morning when I was going over through some notes. And there's just one play where Brzee comes off the ball, just hits the nastiest swim move on the guard. And then the mm -hmm. center is like, oh, no, and tries his best to get in Brzee's way before he gets in the backfield and makes the tackle for loss. Just was unblockable, it felt like, at times. And Really, you haven't seen a ton of that. Clemson hasn't asked him to pin his ears back and be a pass rusher a ton over the last two years, but when they have, you see stuff like that. So even though they're losing out on Jalen Carter in this mock draft, they should be very happy getting a guy like Brian Brzee if that can happen. Yeah, he's, and he's coming off an ACL. You know, like Most guys, year after ACL, they're not themselves. It takes a year and a half. You know, the next season is when you think they actually get back to what they are, and he's already playing at a high level for Clemson. So... Love that pick. Think Lions need to load up on D-line as much as possible. At number nine, Texans going Quinton Johnston, the wide receiver from TCU. Oh, I was wondering TCU. how early we get a wide receiver off the board. Okay. You need – I don't – their offensive line is bad, but their tackles are fine. And so I'm not going guard center this early on from the Texans. And obviously part of the reason they're bad is because the guard they drafted last year. And Kenyon Green is really not playing well, struggling for a rookie. So – I'm going playmakers, weapons on the outside for my guy Bryce Young that I took at number one overall. So I'm going Quinton Johnson, six foot four, 215, explosive as hell, insane after the catch, 42 broken tackles on 100 career receptions, is just out of this world production with the ball in his hands. Uh, maybe not your polished, out the gate type of wide receiver, but can be at least a vertical threat and a screen threat year one. You think they're going to keep Brandon Cooks? You think Brandon Cooks would be there as well? Because all of a sudden, Brandon Cooks and Quinn Johnson, like, you're all right with yeah, that. that's pretty decent. I think they're going to. I, you know, you get Damian Pierce behind you, you got Bryce Young, your quarterback. All of a sudden, like, that's a that's a solid group. Yeah, moving them at the deadline is always what made the most sense because they're going to have the quarterback next year. They're going to try to actually surround him with weapons. Next year, they're yeah, going to want right. a guy. So. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all uh, right. Number 10 overall. Pittsburgh Steelers sitting at number 10. Like I said, I think they were picking number four overall last week, but because uh, of that win, now they're picking all the way at number 10. They're still all right, though. I got them getting Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle Ooh. from Ohio State. I like Paris, man. I know that he was a high recruit, and a lot of people have had high hopes on him for a long time. He was he, they, they wanted to throw him in there and get him in the offensive line however they could, so he was playing guard last year. I think he's much more comfortable. I, it's not, I, I don't think he was bad at guard by any means, but... I think that he's much more comfortable. He's much more at home now at that left tackle spot. Um, at, when you look at the Steelers, their offensive tackles, those Steelers' offensive line, I think he's played a little bit better lately. Chuck Corfor and Dan, Dan Moore are their tackles. Those are the two lowest-graded pass blockers that they have on the team. And so it's mm -hmm. just got to get better for Kenny Pickett. And 
maybe you're in a situation a little bit like the Chicago Bears if they're picking Peter Skaronsky where, hey, maybe they are okay at tackle. Maybe they do like their guys to tackle for next year. Well, you could still get Paris Johnson on the field because he has that experience at guard. So early on, maybe year one, year two, you can get him at guard while he kind of figures it out, ends up playing offensive tackle for them in the long term. But it just doesn't have to be next year. So I just I like the versatility there. I like what, uh, what Paris Johnson Jr. brings to the table. And I love how he's playing at left tackle so far this season. So Steelers definitely need some O-line help. Johnson's got that versatility, and his long-term outlook could be a franchise position for them. Yeah, and we've talked about this tackle class maybe not being a banner year. It's not going to have the three guys go top 10 like we saw a season ago or a few years ago, three years ago, uh, back in that worst year. But we actually didn't go top 10. But I do think that he's the one in this class that fits the ticks all the physical boxes. You know, Skaronsky, we're talking about his arm length, size, may not be that guy in that regard. Um, you know, Broderick Jones really hasn't had the production at Georgia, really hasn't had the pedigree, really hasn't had the reps at Georgia, and may not have the lateral quicks that a guy like Paris Johnson does. But Paris Johnson, there's no, when a guy has all those tools like that, there's no like ceiling. You're not capped in what you could become. Like he could become an all pro type of offensive tackle at the NFL level. And now those guys go highly in the NFL draft. They do indeed. All right, who's next for you? Let so him. next I'm going Detroit Lions. And as I said, I don't think you can get too much defensive line help with how poor this defensive line is. And I get they've loaded up on the position somewhat in recent years. Obviously, mm -hmm. drafting Aiden Hutchinson this past year, who's probably been their best defensive lineman, drafting Julia Aquara a few years ago, drafting the Kentucky defensive end in the second round, who I'm going to name, Josh, Josh Pascal yeah. last year as well, and then the two defensive tackles the year prior. But I think you keep throwing resources at it. You know, best case scenario, you have a ton of young talent then that can get after the passer that you're not paying a lot of money to, to two positions that get paid a lot of money in free agency. That's a great way to start a team if you're not going to have the quarterback of the future intel and could attract even a quarterback uh, in free agency. So I'm going Miles Murphy. The Clemson defensive end. Wow! So you're picking. So I picked Brzee at eight. Yes. And you're still and you're keeping the Clemson defensive okay. line together. Okay. All right. Murphy's very much wow. this year's Trayvon Walker. I'll say in that. Every box physically, he's ticked. Now, is he a is he an animal as a pass rusher at the collegiate level? No. You watch him against Joe Walt two weeks ago in the Notre Dame game, and damn near got shut out in that game. Joe Walt ate his lunch. And now Joe Walt's a fantastic prospect in his own right, but still, Miles Murphy, you keep calling him the DT on the graph because he's a defensive end, but he is that level of explosiveness where it doesn't take too much in the way of technique, in the way of pass rushing moves, to then become a massive impact player at the next level. So. If I'm the Lions walking away with Breezy and Miles Murphy from this draft, I think I hit a home run. I feel like people might have been happier if uh, I would have picked Miles Murphy at eight and you would have picked Breezy at 11. Like, yeah. just because people, that's what people were that's saying. Like, goes. you got to go get Miles Murphy. You got to go get Miles Murphy mm -hmm. if you've seen the top 10. Um, no quarterback, though, for Detroit for in this mock draft. No, mm -hmm. no quarterback here. But, eh, you know, with those guys off the board, you're taking a chance on a quarterback no matter what. Like, a Tanner McKee and Anthony Richardson. Uh, those yeah, are probably exactly. the only guys you would be taking a chance on at this point. But. There's too many. Like, this is a better draft class, in my opinion, in the skill positions than we saw last year. There's too many good skill position guys near the top of the draft that if they're on the board and you're taking a real, it'd be, I don't want to say it's a Hail Mary after those top three, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a clear drop-off. You're, you're, you're overlooking a lot of things drafting a quarterback at number eight or number 11 in this draft if it's not one of those top three. All right, we'll pick up the pace a little bit here. Atlanta Falcons at number 12. 
I got him taking Florida State pass rusher Jared Verse. They need mm. a lot of help on the defense yeah. side of the football, and I think that, that pass rusher is where it all starts. I like Jared Verse a lot, man. I know that you look at his stats, and they're not out of this world, but he has been hurt a little bit this season. And this is a guy who's also, you got to remember, playing his first year at the FBS level. He was an FCS guy at Albany before he moved over from Florida State. Yeah, man, he just, during that COVID season, I got to sit down and talk to him. He talked to me about the, the body transformation that he had during that COVID year because Albany did not have a football season during 2020. And so he just went straight to the home gym, man. Him and his dad bought a bunch of equipment for a home gym. He ended up gaining 40 pounds. So when he came back to play that next season for Albany, he was an absolute monster. He was one of the biggest uh, prizes to have in the transfer portal. Ends up going to Florida State. Plays incredibly well in those first two games, including recording eight pressures against LSU in that second game of the season. He's been dealing with an injury a little bit this year, but still very high in, in, in tackles for loss. He's got double-digit tackles for loss. I believe he still leads the team in sacks as well. So just the power, the speed, the violence that he plays with, the mentality that he has, I, I, I love it all. I don't know if he's going to go top 10, but I'd love him in the top 20. So the Falcons, they desperately need pass rush. I'm going to give him a pass rusher here in Jared Verse. All right, I got 13, the Arizona Cardinals, trying to get into the mind of Steve Keim. I didn't love having to do it, but it's something as a draft analyst, it's my cross to bear. And in the mind of Steve Keim, only one pick made sense. Mm. And it's B. John Robinson. Oh, no. Roster. No, Mike. Steve Keim's looking at this roster, looking at this futile offense, and saying, what's the one thing we're missing? <laughs> Running John. back. B. John Robinson. To be fair, a, a backfield of Kyler Murray and B. John Robinson does sound pretty electric. It, it's something that I would like to see with the run game making a resurgence in the NFL with the rise of two high safeties. The run game's gaining more importance, and when that's the case, the running back also gains some more importance. And if you need a running back in this class, you're not going to find a better one than B. John Robinson. Obviously, would like to see him go to someplace with a creative, a little more creative offensive coordinator that's going to you know, feature him a little bit. That, that's a bevy of weapons there in Arizona if you do draft a B. John Robinson in the first round to where... You can do a lot of different things. Defense have to account for a lot of different players in that offense now that, hey, O-line be damned. Give me the back. I don't know if I can subscribe. Okay, I'm out of the mind to Steve Kime. I don't know. So that was Steve Kime. <laughs> okay. Channel Steve Kime. All right. I don't know if I can subscribe to O-line be damned, but uh, Patrick said that you woke up chosen violence this morning with, uh, with the Bijan pick. Look, again, the Madden kid into me. You got Bijan yeah. and Kyler in the same backfield. That would be fun. I don't think uh, he's going to go he's gonna line, be but. top five on everyone's draft boards, right? He's he's that kind of running back that he's going to be top five on the draft boards. Now that doesn't mean he should go top five, but he's that caliber of talent at the running back position that you know Saquon Barkley was. That you know back to Adrian Peterson, like he he's in that tier ish of the running back position to where someone's going to draft him highly. Still, he's going to go high. Um, Hold on, somebody said, oh, yeah, Phillips said this. Brees Hall changed PFF. <laughs> Got a running back going <laughs> in the first round. I absolutely love that. Okay, uh, next, it's your Green Bay Packers at number 14. And I thought, what pick would torture you the most? Yes. And I, uh, I came up with Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. It just gives you a Notre Dame-Packers connection. Okay, maybe this one's not torture. But I do look at this, and, like, Jordan Addison was on the board, and I was thinking about Jordan Addison as well. I think Jordan Addison would be a great fit, have a lot of great production with Aaron Rodgers. But I do think that you can, for as much as – this upcoming free agency class doesn't look super rich with adding wide receivers. I do think that you can get wide receivers quite often. Michael Mayer is a true all-around tight end. I just, for as much as, I, I'm not saying he's like a Kyle Pitts type, a Travis Kelsey type, a George Kittle type. I don't think that he's that good of a tight end. I don't think he's that good of an athlete to be up there with those guys. This is an extremely solid player. Like next year, if you put Michael Mayer in Green Bay, he's averaging what? 
averaging seven catches a game, double digit targets. Aaron Rodgers immediately goes to this guy any and always, any situation, always, no matter when the game is going on. So that's what I, I think with Michael Mayer. A little bit early for me because I don't think he's going to be the best tester. I don't think he's the greatest athlete, but he's so reliable and he understands the position so well and he's just an all-around player. That's the thing. He's not going to excite you physically. He's not going to blaze a 40, but he can beat man coverage. You know, they, they do not have a lot of guys is their biggest thing we just talked about on yesterday's show about they don't have a lot of guys that when you go press man across the board, mm-hmm. they're Aaron Rodgers like, okay, I like that matchup and is going to be confident that that guy's going to win and throw with anticipation on the break because he knows that he's going to be there. Michael Mayer is that guy at tight end. That's why he's the focal point of Notre Dame's offense because on you know, those option routes over the middle of the field, he's a nightmare. He has that little, he has that innate shake to him and, and that physicality to give that little shove and create that inch separation and then really good ball skills to where I, I think can be worth this pick for the Green Bay Packers. Don't love the idea of tight ends that high, but he's about as good as it gets in that regard. The worry I have, though, is that they're going like someone like Darnell Washington to replace Mercedes Lewis in that offense. Oh. I'd be a little scared then. That, that's not – he's a little different. He's not that kind of tight end that Michael Mayer is. He's more of a speed size blocker. But All right, who we got next? We'll see. All right. 15 Colts. 15 Colts. I said I got to take a swing in QB. Tanner McKee is the QB I'm taking a swing on at this point in the draft. The Stanford quarterback. Kind of Again. Yeah. He's extremely accurate. He throws with great time. He plays within the offense. You worry a little bit about his pocket presence. Not the greatest athlete. You worry about his escapability, but Colts have to take a swing. You, you got to take a chance, and he's a guy that you take a chance on because from day one in the NFL, he's going to have more guys open than he did at Stanford. He just is. <laughs> what he's working with at Stanford right now is a very suboptimal situation and at 15 in the draft there's no more slam dunks left you know there's no more guy that i'm confident is going to come in and make an impact on my team so i'll take that swing at qb then uh it's anthony richardson slander and i won't stand for it mm. i'm just letting you know i just I, i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stand for it uh commanders up at number 16 i'm gonna go corner now this is this is a I need to explain this pick a little bit. I'm going Joey Porter Jr., who the cornerback from Penn State, who I think is a really good player. But he is a man coverage corner. Like, if they're keeping Jack Del Rio as their defense coordinator, they're probably not making this pick. Maybe they're going with a Cam Smith or something like that from, uh, from, from South Carolina. Maybe a Clark Phillips, who I also think could be a really good pick for them in a fit there. Maybe not this high, but that's probably a player that they would go to instead of Joey Porter because Joey Porter is a man coverage corner. He is a press man coverage kind of a player and they just cut William Jackson because he was a press man player. So I just wanted to make sure that I threw that out there. If they're keeping the same defense going into next year, they're probably not going to make a pick like Joey Porter Jr. But if if they are changing things, Mm -hmm. then I would like this fit here. I would like this because I do think he's a really good prospect. I think he gives you that CB1 ceiling. He's got the body type. He's got the forced incompletions. He's got the uh, he's got the family name. He's got the pedigree. Does he's got the NFL name. background, right? Like I just I don't know. All of this goes into why I think that he's a really good prospect. But there is a little bit of a caveat there. If they're keeping the same defense, they're probably not going to draft them. They'll why would they, why wouldn't they keep the same defense? defense? Ron Rivera is going to be on the show in a couple of days. Why wouldn't they keep? The I'm same not defense? saying they're going to fire Ron Rivera. I never said okay. that. It's right. Jack Del Rio. So maybe oh, got to, maybe got to get rid of Jack Del Rio. I don't no, know. Okay. If it's a different defense, don't say. Number 17, Los Angeles Chargers. I am going Jordan Addison, USC wide receiver. Some speed, some separation ability. Chicken or the egg here. 
Is it, the, is it the lack of speed wide receivers that they don't go deep? That Justin Herbert has the third lowest average depth target in the NFL? Is it the offense coordinator? Or is it Justin Herbert himself? I don't know, but we'll find out if Jordan Addison's there because he at least brings that to the table. Uh, unfortunately, got hurt in the Utah game earlier this year, I believe, but still was having a big season prior to that and obviously was the reigning Blitnikoff Award winner. So, yeah, I'm a fan of Jordan Addison's game. If he's your best all-around sort of separator in this draft class, for my money. Uh, wanted, to, wanted to correct myself. The chat corrected this. Uh, not an expert was like, oh, William Jackson got cut. He didn't end up getting cut. I forgot that they traded they him. They traded. They traded him. Sorry. The report was the out Steelers. that he was going to get cut. And then the Steelers came in and actually gave a draft pick for him. So uh, there we go. All right, Jordan Addison to the Chargers, though. I love it. Mm-hmm. I do love that, uh, that selection there. Bengals, hometown Bengals. Hope Quinn's listening. Number 18 overall. I'm going to go Ola Fuchano, the offensive tackle from Penn State. The young 19-year-old, I believe, at the time. Maybe he's 20. I don't actually know his birthday, but I know he's mm-hmm. super young. And if he comes out in the draft, he's going to be one of the youngest players in this draft. Plays left tackle for Penn State. Dude moves like an absolute athlete in this position. Yes. Now, the strength profile of his game needs work. Not great when run blocking we don't have him with a high run blocking grade and there are times when he's trying to get locked up with guys he'll get the hands in the right spot it looks like he's got him totally locked up and then they'll hit him with some sort of push pull or they'll be able to rip him to the side whatever it is i think that happens too many times with him so i would like to get him to see a little bit stronger in his game yep. in all facets however the movement skills of this dude that's what you draft and develop jonah williams has not been good for the cincinnati Bengals this year it might be time to be like all right Probably going to get somebody else in there. Lyle Collins obviously has not been great in pass blocking either. So, like the idea of them taking a chance on a young developmental offensive lineman with a high, high ceiling. I, I will say, though, I think he has a good anchor. Like, he, he can anchor. I well. like how the body Lower body strength. Yeah. Upper body strength. Like, he can't manipulate guys with his hands in that Which sport. he definitely yeah. needs to get a little bit better at. Uh, what were you saying, Quinn? Quinn? You okay. know who else has play strength concerns? <laughs> Jonah. Jonah Williams. Williams. He gets yeah. bullied a lot. Yeah. Length concerns still. Yeah. Mm. 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 Hate to see. He's you a guard. Know what, you know He's going to be a guard next year. I take it all back. All right, who you got at 19? 19, I'm going Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech edge, to add to that Bucks defensive line. Can maybe play a little interior. Can maybe be your William Golston in that defense. He's got to be better than Golston. Golston had a year in no, there somewhere. No, look, look, look. Golston's but yeah. solid. You need better. But Tyree Wilson, just a size freak at 6'6", 275, 85-inch wingspan really starting to figure it out and he craves he reminds me a lot of Peyton Turner's tape where he like craves the physicality aspect of the position he's not the guy who's going to play patty cake and just try to long arm you with those insane arms he's coming in he's ducking his head and he's true bull rushing you Tyree Wilson 50 pressures already on the season I'm a fan I think he probably goes higher than this in the real draft (sighs) yeah I think, I think this is this is this is kind of where we start to have the Tyreek Wilson conversation for me, and I do think that he would be a good fit with Tampa. Mm-hmm. I know they just drafted Logan Hall last year as well, but you know Shaq Barrett getting hurt this year, season-ending injury—that's that's not ideal. I like how Joe Tryon Shoyinka is coming along as a speed edge rusher on the outside, but they definitely need another really big presence along the defensive line. So I think that adding edge, even if Shaq Barrett comes back. Getting him into that rotation, Tyree Wilson, you mentioned it. You bet on the uniqueness of his build. You bet on that kind of stuff. And he is a guy who, when I when I watch his tape, although he is, I don't think he is close to what he needs to be as a pass rusher yet to be successful at the pro level, he doesn't shy away from contact. You're right. He likes getting into guys. He likes being physical with them. And I think when he's a little bit more precise, calculated in what he's doing, you could start to see a really good pass rush profile from him. So uh, number 20, last pick that we will do here today in the 
top 20 mock draft. It's the Denver Broncos. I'm going to have them going linebacker Trenton Simpson. And when I look at their linebacker room, I look at Josie Jewell, who uh, is a good linebacker, but not the greatest of athletes. Alex Singleton sitting there on a one-year deal. You get a guy like Trenton Simpson in there who has a lot of athleticism, right? This is a guy who played a lot of slot corner snaps last year as well as linebacker. This year he's a lot more just in the box full-time. He brings that good athleticism to the position, somebody who gives you a high ceiling when he's in coverage. I will say this, though, just before, uh, just before we move on. When I was watching Trenton Simpson, I was sitting here like, who is 54 next to him? I'm like, who is this linebacker next to Trent? Because Trent Simpson's a good athlete. Mm-hmm. Like, Trent Simpson will stand out as an athlete. And the guy next to him was moving even better than Trent Simpson was, more confident, more physical. And I'm like, who is this? It's Jeremiah Trotter Jr., Ooh. who is a true sophomore, so he's not draft eligible. But obviously, Jeremiah Trotter Sr.'s son, he was a former five-star, was the number seven overall player two years ago in recruiting. And uh, he's going to be draft eligible next year. And... I already am going to love going over his tape because he just stood out to me watching him next to Trenton Simpson. He was fantastic. So anyways, Denver Broncos um, getting Trenton Simpson there. I didn't really love any of the other picks of the guys that were on the board. Um, So I went with a guy who I trust the talent in Trenton Simpson when he can be in the middle. Yeah, he he is still a freak. Uh, He he does not look like 240, but he is. He's just so well put together for a linebacker. Well, hopefully Lions fans said Simpsons will be gone because he will be going number 13 to the Cardinals. Hmm. Very true. There we go. All right. Well, uh, we'll recap the top 20 here. Texans took Bryce Young. Raiders took C.J. Stroud. Panthers, Will Levis. Eagles took Jalen Carter. Jags got Will Anderson. Bears, Peter Skronsky. Seahawks, Keely Ringo. Lions, Brian Brzee at number eight. Texans, Quentin Johnston. Uh, Steelers at number 10 got Paris Johnson Jr. Lions at 11 got Miles Murphy, double dipping on the defensive line. Falcons got Jared Verse. Cardinals, Bijan Robinson, Packers, Michael Mayer, Colts, Tanner McKee, Commanders, Joey Porter Jr., Chargers, Jordan Addison, Bengals, Olu Fashanu, Bucks, Tyree Wilson, and then the Broncos with Trenton Simpson. Tell us what your favorite picks were. Tell us what your least favorite picks were. We'll be sure to only read the nice words that you guys have to say and not the critique ones because that's, uh, you know, we're just fragile. We're soft. We're very... <laughs> we're soft. You said it, not me. All right, let's, uh, let's end this with a, little bit of, with, with a little bit of fun here. Let's get to, um, let's get to the what's on screen game. You want to go first? You want to go over there Yeah, first? I'll go over there. Okay. All right, so if you guys are new here, or if you didn't see us play this game before, essentially what goes on, yeah, don't walk in front of didn't the camera. Didn't know exactly where to go. <laughs> essentially what goes on is Mike's going to walk over to the green screen, and there's going to be 10 things behind him. We're going to go in succession one after the other. It's either going to be a player, a coach, a team, something. And I have to describe that to him using non-proper nouns. And basically, whoever runs through the 10 the quickest wins. We're going to have two rounds, so it's actually going to be 20 between us. The last one, the 10th one, I'm only allowed to say one word, and again, it cannot be a proper noun. So y'all are in this as well. Obviously, y'all could play this at the uh, at the same time. So what's on screen? Quinn, are we ready to go? Did I explain that correctly? Yeah, the only two there? things to add, um, if you skip, you can skip if you want to, but you shouldn't because it'll add 15 seconds to your time. So just take a stab anyway. Um, last guess of each round, you can only use two words as a clue. Remember we did that? Yes. So on the 10th one, I'll call it out. You only use two words. Two words. Okay. Um, cool. And then if you use a, we said we got, we're going to police the uh, proper, nouns proper nouns and stuff like that better. If whoever's given the clue gives out a proper noun, you get penalized, right? Okay. Uh, so cheat. I so then yeah, I get penalized if I use a proper noun. Right. Cool. Okay. Right. Otherwise, right. you could just sabotage Mike. 
Which, you know, Green, Bay, Packers, <laughs> Aaron, Rodgers. No, we I already just, went over it at the beginning of the show. No, if we if I we know. pause long enough, then it's not technically yeah, you a just proper said three. noun. It's just, you know, a color. Unique words. It's just a location. It's just an explanation. All right, let's do it. Let's yeah. get into it. All right, let's go. That's me. That's me. All right. Okay. Um, running back. Where's a single-digit number? Where's number four? Um, had an 81-yard run. Uh, Dalvin Cook. Yep. Switch this fucking number. Uh, really, a quarterback who is really good at running the football. Jalen Hurts. Uh, Justin Fields. There it is. Yep. Okay, this uh, slot receiver for the Denver Broncos. Broncos. No. Nope. Oh, uh, KJ Denver Hammer. Broncos um, plus five. Oh, Jerry, shoot, Jerry, Jerry Judy. Broncos. Jerry Judy. Yeah, 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 that one, that one, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Almost didn't go to the game this weekend because he didn't have a passport. Oh, uh, Leonard Fett? Yep. <laughs> We're interviewing him tomorrow for the show. Ron Vera. There it is! Nice. Oh, okay. This player is short. Where's number four? Plays out in the Ron West. Moore. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Nice. Okay. Um, we saw this player on the sideline of a football game we went to Sauce last Gardner? week. Nope. Uh, Desmond Ritter. Yes. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I highlighted this player as a dog of the week. He's a vet. Been Justin Jefferson? Nope. Been uh, around the league a long time. Same team, though. Same team. Um, Kirk Cousins? Nope. Single, oh. single digit number, other side of the ball. Matt Pearson. Yep, there it is. Okay. Uh, this is a backup running back, but he could be starting elsewhere. Uh, it's a team of a city in Robinson? the state of Ohio. No. Oh, no uh, Kareem, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Oh, shoot. Probably Ohio. Shoot. Damn. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, it is Kareem Hunt. Two words. All right, uh, diners, drive-ins. Oh, uh, Guy Fieri. Yeah, there it is. Good, good, good clue. <laughs> that was lights out. 138 was the final. 138. Oh all man. Right. Okay. All right. 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 <laughs> Trev, unfortunately, you're starting uh, at 10 seconds. I'm starting at 10 seconds. Mm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Warm it up. Warm it up. <sighs> all right. You guys ready? Yep. Born ready. All right, let's do it. Um, uh, center, uh, where's green? He's uh, short. His brother, they have a podcast. Jason Kelsey. Yep. Um, everyone wants him. He's a wide receiver. He's a free agent that everyone's courting. Odell Beckham Jr. Yep. Um, coach for a team south of where you grew up. Um, uh, Mike McDaniel. Yep. Uh, rookie wide receiver, leads them all in receiving yards. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Yep, there you go. Okay. Olave. It was Olave. Uh, he's uh, from here. He's cornerback. He was punched a woman, uh, punched multiple women. He's 5'9". He, he was from West... Ooh, nope, almost said. He, uh, he retired. He's... Adam Pacman Jones? There you go. Okay, all right. Um, his name sounds like something you put in your uh, car stereo. Um, he's a wide receiver. Uh, Something you put in your car? Uh, See, Lamb. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Um, number one overall pick, 2021. Uh, quarterback. Um, why am I blanking on this? Um, uh, Trevor Lawrence. There you go. Okay. Whew. Oh. Country Roads. West Virginia. Uh, Garth Brooks. 
Uh, D John Denver? There you go. Okay. I, I don't know why I said Garth Brooks. It's not a Garth Brooks song. So was that <laughs> it? That's it? This is two? Oh, wait, wait. There's one more. Um, two more. Oh, it's two oh, more. Two I more? didn't have to use two words for that one. I thought I could use. Um, oh, God. Okay. Uh, Newsbreaker works for Adam Worldwide Leader Sports. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Um, is it two words? Two words, yeah. Like that. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, that sucked. There we go. That sucked. 157. Ooh. God, that was terrible. It's well, terrible. You were close, but your plus 10 seconds is. Oh yeah, I know. Crucial. Killed me. Killed me. Killed me. Mike didn't. I thought. It was, I thought the John Denver one was two words. I was like, <laughs> I guess I don't know how else I'd even describe. Them. That, was, that was bad. That was bad chat. That was bad. That was bad. That was bad chat. You could have said you thought the Rocky Mountains looked a little, a little bit rockier, rockier than this. Okay. Yeah. All this right. This guy's full of shit. All right. All right. <laughs> this guy's. You guys ready? How did you write? Was it a picture of John Denver? Yeah. You just know what John Denver looks like? Well, it said John Denver. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, if you put John Denver on the screen, I'd have no idea no, what John yeah. Denver looked like. All right. All right. All right. All right. Wow. Philip saying Lever Lickamus strikes again. Get out of here, Philip. I won this the last time we played it. <laughs> I won this the last two times we played it. All right. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. Let's hit it. <clears throat> um, likes to do up-downs with his team. during uh, Dan Campbell. Yep. Oh, man, played quarterback for Team Out West. It was a backup quarterback bowl this past week. Oh, John um, Wolford? No, um, no, other one. Cole Cole yeah, Cole. there it is, there it is. Uh, sexy Dexy. Uh, Dex Lawrence. There it is. That counts. You can't penalize me for that. <laughs> um, it was in the Heisman conversation. Uh, throws for a ton of yards. Um, one of the best offenses in college See football. Nope, keep uh, going. Um, uh, um, Hooker? Yeah. There you go. Uh... A lot of people are calling this the greatest catch of all time. Um, Justin Jefferson. Okay, yeah, I think, I think it's Justin Jefferson. Unless, okay, yeah, yeah. It is. All right, this was the alcoholic beverage of choice for Taylor Heineke. Uh, Bush Light. Proper nine ah, plus five. <laughs> I saw you walking right in. How was I going to explain that other than by saying Taylor Official Heineke? Official beer of Iowa. This is bullshit. All right, keep going. Um, this is the new RB one in the. For the team that I root for, um, uh, Rashad White. Yeah, there it is. Oh, I, I wanted to say a proper noun so bad there. This is uh, the, somebody's new tattoo that he got from over the summer. You know him very um, well. Kadarius Tony. No, oh, no, um, no, 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 no. He plays quarterback. You know him very well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Yeah, so okay. Go. Sorry. There you go. It's just a tattoo. This player was traded at the deadline. Um, it was an interdivisional trade. Um, TJ Hawkinson. Yes. Yep. Two words. <sighs> um. Damn. Uh, new coach. Just you gotta you gotta go off that. You gotta, <laughs> new coach. Jeff Saturday. Yes. <laughs> I wanted go. to say Jim Irsay so bad. Oh, uh, that's yeah, proper. Because you would have got that immediately, but uh, it would have been a proper noun. All go. right. Okay. One fifty. <sighs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Mike has opened up a commanding lead. Yeah, that might have been. Uh, all right. Not great. All right, Time starting off with clues. a five-second penalty. All right, we're going to have to have the greatest round of our life. Yeah, yep. last round. round. Got to make it count. Here we go. You guys ready? Here we go. Let's, Let's do it. it. Um, knocked out uh, receiver for this week. Um, safety. Had dog. Andre Cisco? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the other quarterback in the backup quarterback wall. John Mofford. Yep. 
uh, coach for the purple team. Uh, Kevin O'Connell. Yep. <laughs> um, I, can, I can hear them laughing. You just drafted them. him over Will Anderson. Oh, gosh. Oh, Jalen Carter. Jalen yeah. Carter. Jalen Carter. Added two yep. stats, baby. Added two stats. Uh, Keep going. The GOAT, QB. Tom Brady. Yep. Uh, scoot a little to the left, right? Or right? Which one? Um, the... I believe that's a cornerback, cornerback. He had a pick six against the team I root for. He's graded really well. He's rooted for it? No, he plays for a team that's won the most Super Bowls in the, up in the Northeast. Uh, gosh. I have no idea. He's was a fourth rounder. Um, Jack Jones? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. All right. Um, red hair owner. He's Andy Dalton. No, he's the owner of a football team. He's his son, his dad died. Mark Davis. Speed. Yeah, there you okay. go. All right. Is <laughs> uh, the GM of the team that was just undefeated? Um, Harry Roseman. Yep. Um, tra- no they, this. this team just traded for a linebacker. He's the other one. The team traded for a linebacker, and he's the other one. Yeah. Give me something first else. First rounder. He's first rounder. Um, plays for. Uh, he played college football, won a national championship a few years ago. Plays, um, they, gosh, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, he's plays out of control. Plays out. He's not great. He's first rounder in 2020. Um, Tweets a lot. Drafted at the end of the first round, linebacker. I have no he, idea. Um, Who is this? Tell me. Skip. It's Patch Queen. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay. Sorry. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Two words, last one. <laughs> uh, Red Rocket. Red Rifle. Excuse me. Andy, <laughs> did the same thing. Andy Dalton. <laughs> oh, man. 2.30. I don't know how I many times you have to go over this, though. It's the Red Rifle. I know. I, I, red Rifle. Trev well, got that, me with well, Red that, Rocket. I, I got it with Red Rocket anyways because that was, that was what I, that yeah. I would have gotten. Um, good Lord. Man, that was... That was bad. That was bad. That was bad on me. wasn't wasn't on my game. Was not on my game. The Patrick Queen one. I was. I, I kind of should. I should have kept going. Come on. Single, try to single, try to get Baltimore. Sing, single digit number. Team wears I couldn't purple. see his number. I thought he. He was six. I thought he was eighteen at LSU. That's team, all I remember. Team won the national championship. All right. Anyways. Okay. Let's get let's get to our lock of the week. That was a bad showing by me. And you know what? Look. I gotta be better. I gotta be better. That's all there is to it. I gotta be better. Mike. Congrats on the win. It was bullshit. Um, I'm not accepting it. I'm not conceding the victory. But I just got to be better. Uh, what's our lock of the week? Actually, our lock of the week is exactly the same, so I don't even have to ask you about it. It is the same. Go ahead. I went through, and I was looking at all the lines, over-unders, whatnot, and I'm like, Raiders-Broncos going under 41.5. Let's put it in the sheet. Look, go to the sheet. You have Raiders-Broncos under 41.5. It's that good, folks. It's we have, that much of a lock. We've never unified on a lock of the have week. Not. We have not unified on a lock of the week yet this year and here we are under 41 and a half points for the Raiders Raiders and Broncos game both of us are basically saying this game's unwatchable if you are not a fan of the Raiders or the Broncos do not actively watch this game yeah seek help go outside take a nice three-hour walk instead turn on red zone I don't care what it is make a snack for three hours all right just literally anything other than this game I don't know so to go over this just to just put some context, the Broncos have scored more than 21 points. So, so someone's going to have to go over 21 points. Or I guess both teams could go 21 points and they tie to get over. But someone's going to have to go ch- over 21 points. Broncos have gone over 21 points once this season. Yes, it was the last time they played the Raiders. But they've gone over 21 points once this season. They've allowed over 21 points once this season. And yes, it was the last time they played the Raiders. But 
Are we banking on every other game or the one small sample size that they played last time? I'm going to bank on every other game. Yeah, we're going to ba- we're going to bank on every other game. What was the answer to the chat? Uh, the question of the day before we get to chat champ. Get out of here. So the Patriots won 11 straight. Bills have won the last two, so they got to win nine. 10 straight in order to. Oh, so they got to win. 10. Break the record. So is that? So but it starts this weekend. Absolutely. In, uh, snowstorm. Oh, to break the record. Yeah, to break no, the record. No. Yeah, See, I had. So yeah, you 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 were close. I had the math correct. Yeah, just, Trev, you said 10, didn't you? I did say 10. You know yeah. what? Ending the show on a win, baby. Ending the show on a win. Love to see that. Well who's, who's our chat champ before we get out of here? Nick Rader. Shout Nick. out Nick Rader. Ratter. I don't know how you say that. But shout out Nick. Good job. Shout out Nick. Chat champ of the day. Big day to be a chat champ. Also, really important day to be a chat champ because tomorrow, I'm going to try to be a lot better than I was today in trivia. We need to get a dub in Triv. trivia. Triv. Need to get a dub in trivia. It is Trivia Thursday tomorrow. It's going to be a jam-packed show. It's going to be fantastic. Thank you guys so much for watching. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the mock draft. Again, let us know. Pixie love. Pixie hated. We would love to hear it. That's what makes mock drafts so much fun. It's not an accuracy exercise at this point in the year. It's really just a, hey, what if? What if this guy goes to this location? What if the board looks like this? Here's what we think we'd do. So I would love to hear from you guys as well. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Mike Renner. For everybody in the production portal, thank you guys so much for watching Issues Football. We will see you right here for trivia tomorrow, 11 a.m. See you guys then. It's not about politics. It's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to pass the ball. He's just going to play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get it and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year.